This is Magic City Soccer. Es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica. This is Magic City Soccer. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. Let's go, Miami FC. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer. Vamos, Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer, bitches. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer, your home for everything you need to know about soccer in Miami-Dade County. Hello, soccer fans in South Florida and beyond, and welcome to our show. It's a two-man operation, but uh, Omar had been getting a little bit too much run the last couple weeks, so we booted him on out of here, and we got our main man, Drew Hausman. And Drew, how you doing, pal? I'm excited. Another uh, three-point victory, another Chavez goal, uh, third division coming in. Lots of good stuff to talk about. Yeah, there's no shortage of content this week, as I feel like I say every week, but it's, it's been a busy few weeks around these parts um, with lots to cover. So let's dive into it. Let's start with the Miami FC, as you mentioned. A um, couple weeks there where we were a little concerned, as we addressed last week, but the last few weeks, man, they have been on point. And uh, we are currently in the middle of a Puerto Rico sandwich. We uh, played Puerto Rico last weekend. We're playing Puerto Rico this weekend. So before we dive into looking ahead to the game against the team that we just played, let's talk about the game that actually just got played. Drew, what, what did you see from that game uh, last weekend? Well, the my main concern going into that game, uh, as I stated in the previous podcast, was the lineup. And this lineup looked a lot better than uh, the one in Jacksonville. Um, you know, we had Stefano Pino back. Uh, Dylan Maris played in the midfield. Uh, Hunter Freeman got the start instead of Barajo, and what my favorite part of the game and I found most interesting was Michelle was playing for a uh, 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 Richie Ryan, who I guess was out on, I guess we could call it maternity leave. <laughs> he had a baby, so congratulations to him. Well, his wife had a baby, and he's married to her, so that makes yeah, it he stood his around. Um, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I you know I, I've been saying this whole time. All I've wanted to see is a Michelle start, and for that's a pretty big, uh, pretty big shoes to fill to to cover in for Richie Ryan. And I felt like he had a good game. You know, he got a kind of weird yellow card and cried about it for a little bit. But to to hold down the midfield, especially against the surging Puerto Rico team, uh, he kind of showed that he has some fight in the spot. But uh, once again, Jaime Chavez is on a roll and. and scored uh or, or i guess towards the end of the the first half and then we got a sweet uh little walk-in goal from ariel martinez at the end and uh dylan maris nice. showing up and getting the assist on both so um it's a lot better than i expected us to play so looking forward to the uh to the second half of the puerto rico sandwich <laughs> yeah it's the old home and away it's like we're in a cup competition um yeah, I mean, I I really like the direction that this team is heading over the last couple of weeks, where it appears that there was that little teeny tiny bit of of a, a little bit of a, a lack of stability or whatever you want to call it, but um, it appears that they really righted the ship, and they're riding the ship in a way that is incorporating a lot of the team in it. It's not just the same 11 guys going out there and playing over and over and over again, which was something that we, we all said we really wanted to see um, coming into the fall season is we wanted to kind of take 
the opportunities that were available and diversify and make sure you're bringing other talent that you have that we we know that this team has had and really bring it into the fold. And I think that there was a little bit of a, you know, a hiccup or whatever you want to call it, but I think that that's kind of been ironed out and you're seeing a team that's really finding, again, kind of finding its, its comfort zone, the place where it wants to be, uh, which is great. You know, it's exactly what you want to see from this team now. Puerto Rico, again, with the NASL, no team stays up too long, no team stays down too long. So Puerto Rico, which we're kind of used to kind of thinking of as a uh, uh, an afterthought, per se, they are currently second in the league. And to be able to play that team away from home, get a 2 nothing win, and, and separate yourself from them now, three points with a chance to go really six points clear at the top of the table in the fall season, not to mention the combined, uh, obviously. But just looking at the fall season, that's a really impressive situation. And I think that as we look towards that game Saturday uh, against Puerto Rico, uh, it presents a real opportunity again uh, in the season full of opportunities for the team to even create further distance from the rest of the pack. And I think that's what... Alessandro Nesta, I think that's what the front office, I think that's what the players want to do. They want this team effort. Couple new players, couple, you know, couple little bit of, uh, you know, additions here and there, all working together towards the same goal and creating that, that, that even stronger position for this squad. Yeah, and part of that, part of that importance is, you know, kind of the unseen factors, like going into this next Puerto Rico game, Poku got called up. Again, to the Ghana international team, so he's going to miss out. But it's good that we've had so many people kind of in and out of the roster so we can make the proper adjustments to where if we kept playing that 11, as we did in the first half of the season, those first couple of games kind of reflected what happens when, when you knock one of those pieces out and put in a player who hasn't played in a while. So, um, you know, despite having Poku out for a home game against Puerto Rico, I'm still feeling pretty confident that, that we can still come out uh, on top of this game and especially seem to have our pace back. We're winning by a lot tighter margins, you know. <laughs> Every game's not going to be a, a home against San Francisco. But, yes. But I'll, I'll take the, the one nothings, 2 nothings, especially on the, on the road in, in Jacksonville and Puerto Rico back-to-back. So um, I'm excited to see him play at home once again. Yeah, to win 2 nothing and hold 52% of the possession. We know the possession is never the end-all or be-all of the story. Uh, but to, to play, a, I think, a pretty controlled game and do so in a way that not only do the stats flatter you, but the scoreline flatters mm-hmm. you, that's a win. And like you said, we're, they're going to be, you know, we, we know about the Poku situation where he's going to get some run with the national team, so he's going to be out a bit. Not to mention the unknowns, the possible injuries, you know, the rest that you're going to want to incorporate, all that good stuff. You need to bring in other faces into the fold as we, you know, basically, for lack of a better term, kind of run out the clock on this season and wait for the postseason to begin. Speaking of new faces, man, last game, I really wish they threw in Lambrugge. He was on the bench. He was dressed, ready to go, but still have yet to see him. I think I think they're saving... The, the hype of his debut for just for me for the uh, home game against Puerto Rico. So I think he's going to come in on this game. Uh, yeah, I would think so too. Getting him a, uh, uh, get him a good opportunity in front of the home crowd, make sure he's settled in and established, uh, you know, you know, Palmer was really thrown out there. I think rather quickly, uh, compared to some other signings, uh, previously, but, um, 
I think that once they think they have a good shot to get him in there, get him comfortable, I think they're going to take him. Yeah, and the thing with Palmer, too, is that since he was at Indy and kind of an experienced NASL guy, that it wasn't that big of a gamble. But taking taking a guy who's played pretty much in Italy all his life and throwing him into uh, second division American soccer on some wacky AstroTurf, <laughs> <laughs> or in Puerto Rico's case, a uh, poorly kept baseball field, uh, it's got to be kind of a shock. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he will he will adapt or die. Uh, that's the uh, NASL mantra. The <laughs> mantra. Uh, you either with it, you fit in, or you fit out. Uh, hopefully, he'll fit in. Um, so again, I, I feel like we could look ahead to the Puerto Rico game, but we literally just talked about that last week, and I don't think really anything has changed to kind of keep things where they are. You would have favored Miami FC to win. You're curious to see how much squad rotation is going to be. Uh, you're curious to see at how Puerto Rico might tinker. But again, you would imagine Miami FC would be in the advantageous position. Yeah, agreed. I, I don't think there's much going on on the Puerto Rico side. Um, I mean, Giuseppe had a good game there. Welshman came on late, but I don't think they're going to make any major adjustments that are, are going to be a shock to us. Um, but I mean, after... After the, the Puerto Rico game, we play the Cosmos at home on a Wednesday, so um, get ready for that. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be uh, big time. Big time soccer coming to Miami-Dade County. Um, I do want to mention a couple of things about that game Saturday. Again, that game is uh, Saturday, September 2nd against Puerto Rico at the old uh, Ricardo Silva Stadium on the campus of Florida International University. Uh <laughs> Kickoff is at seven thirty. Am I mistaken, or is it is it, uh, is it an eight o'clocker? No, it's at seven thirty. Seven thirty. Okay. The Cosmos oh. game on the Wednesday is at eight. Ah, beautiful. Thank you. Um, so a couple of important things going on for that game. Uh, we'll address the club related matter, and then we'll address the Dade Brigade related matter. Uh, and and we'll kind of like basically, there's a lot of opportunities for you to do a lot of good by coming out to uh, either this game or the next game. Uh, so, from the team, they are participating in the American Red Cross's Hurricane Harvey Relief. They will be passing the bucket around, uh, which uh, they are wont to do. The Red Cross does at a lot of big events like this, basically to give you a chance of throwing a couple bucks or some change if you have it. Um, Sean Flynn spoke about you know how the team was saddened by what happened and, and how they want to help out and how they want fans and supporters to help out, and we encourage that. However, uh, this natural disaster not that there's ever a good time for a natural disaster but there are natural disasters that occur all around the globe and uh we were made aware aware recently of a natural disaster that uh took place in sierra leone uh drew i i'll I'll kind of pass off to you to maybe talk about it for a minute about what's what's going on specifically related to date brigade on saturday okay so saturday we're gonna start maybe the the tailgate off a little bit early uh, at five o'clock so that basically means everybody's gonna show up at five thirty or six but (laughs) <laughs> we're trying to stress to get there at five we're, we're doing the barbecue the whole shebang um but we're also gonna take some donations uh for schools for uh at schools for sierra leone for schools for sierra leone which is uh <laughs> i was reading their twitter twitter handle i can't even talk i was reading their twitter handle i got messed up anyway it's a, a charity that mike lahood's been working with and uh day brigade's been kind of wanting to help him out and help the charity out for a while. So we will be uh, taking donations for his charity um, to, to help the disaster victims. Uh, we have a couple raffles, a couple uh, 
cool things going on. We're going to be giving away uh, passes for Soccer Shape. So if you haven't been to Soccer Shape yet, it's a uh, kind of a soccer circuit training uh, exercise program that uh, Barajo, Mason Trafford, uh, Farfan, and Bernstein, Rep Bernstein, put on at uh, Urban Soccer 5. We've got um, a private brewery tour of Winwood Brewery. Uh, we've given away a Dade Brigade membership, a couple other cool things. So uh, make sure you stop by the, uh, the tailgate, bring some money, and uh, give back to a good cause. So if you want to learn more about that charity, their, uh, their Twitter handle is at schools, plural schools, the number four, and then Salone, S-A-L-O-N-E. Yeah, that's, um, the word, that's what I couldn't pronounce. That's yes. <laughs> you, were, you, you, you would think it'd be schools for Sierra Leone, but they kind of smashed it together and it's Salone, one term. Um, and yeah, they do, they do a lot of good, and there has been some difficulty in uh, Sierra Leone recently. Uh, Bill Hamid of uh, um, uh, the U.S. Men's National Team um, uh, got some run, got some play with them. Uh, he's been bringing some attention uh, to the cause as well. Again, any natural disaster is a tragedy. You, we know in the U.S. we're dealing with our own uh, difficulties uh, with uh, what's going on in Southeast Texas. Uh, but if you can, if you can even spare a couple extra more bucks, there are a lot of children. Uh, in Sierra Leone, we would greatly appreciate it, and I know our uh, captain uh, would greatly appreciate it as well, Michael Hood. Um, so we'll we'll avoid uh, death and destruction and sadness now, uh, but do come out, have a good time, and help some people. Let's come back to the soccer, and let's uh, now. I think we've covered everything related to Miami FC. Uh, like we said, it'd be a quick one because they're playing the same team on Saturday. Uh, let's talk about third division, uh, something that we have not really talked much about. Uh, recently, because there isn't one in the United States. Um, basically, uh, it's we're... still the USL. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> there is, a, there's a. Uh, it may not be de jure, but uh, you know, by law, but by name, it's uh, USL is still third division. Um, so we have a third division officially forming, and there are significant local developments related to it as well, uh, specifically related to Miami United. Uh, the league, which has been talked about for a bit, the NISA, uh, the National Independent Soccer Association, I'm going to read from their profile, is a third division pro soccer league expected to debut in 8 to 12 markets throughout the United States in the spring of 2018 and working towards promotion and relegation. Of course, that, uh, that term we've talked a lot about in the last month. The league is governed by team owners, and this is really uh, kind of the brainchild of Peter Wilt, right? That's, um, I have his name correct? Correct. Yes. Uh, who has long been rumored to be getting involved in soccer in the Chicago area in the NASL. But um, that's a bit of a challenge because there is an MLS team in that market. And so he is uh, tacking in a different direction, incorporating Chicago in third division and trying to basically form a new third division uh, from whole cloth, um, bringing in teams that already exist for the most part, Keeping their ownership the way it's already structured, which is largely independent, and but creating a structured league around it. Um, so, Drew, what do you think about this? Is a, it's a lot happening in a short amount of time. What do you think? Yeah, it's it's an interesting move, especially with the the pro rel aspect. Um, I think this was kind of like talked about with uh, with USL and PDL for a while, and then people talked about it for NASL and NPSL for a while, but you know. 
it's good that there's a vacant division <laughs> that, that you can, if you can dream, you can take up that vacancy. Um, it's going to be interesting seeing it launch. I mean, I, I don't know if they, is there a plan for next year or 2019? It's, it's all kind of confusing right now, but, um, it's, it's a good move because there, there are a lot of kind of super division four teams that are maybe a Above par, like Miami United, play-wise, and even the Fusion and a couple other teams are, are well beyond the skill base of others, Agreed. or have bigger ambitions than the NPSL. Not to knock that league, but um, there's so many teams there, and having a having a Division Three seems like the the better choice for some of these teams, and especially if they can incorporate it being fully pro and having somebody like Peter Wilt behind it and a little more concentrated. It'll get a lot more exposure for these teams, and I'd be excited because then in Miami we'll have Division 2, 3, and 4, 4. So, uh, you know, no need for that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that it's rather, uh, again, like you said, no knock on the NPSL. It is, I think, run very well. I think it has a very logical structure, and I think that it it functions smoothly, which is more than you can say about a lot of things involving American soccer. So, again, I'm not damning it with faint praise. I am legitimately praising it by saying, hey, it seems to work. Um, but there are a couple of teams, like you said, um, particularly locally Miami United, that are run so well. And, and it's not about them winning the league every year. It's not about whatever their positioning on the table. It's about the front office structure. It's about the way things work, the way the operation is run, that they are limited by being between fourth and second division. They're not big enough to be second division, obviously, but they're not small enough to be in fourth division. And so this really presents a good opportunity, for first off, to stretch out a bit and allow Miami Fusion, which to me kind of, is a very good example of a very good functioning fourth division team to operate within their space and then to let Miami United, which I think, again, no knock on Miami Fusion, but I think is a step above uh, Miami Fusion. Again, not talking about the season-by-season -season table, but in terms of how it's run and how it's structured and how it's promoted, I think, I think Miami United is a step above, and I don't think most people would disagree with that. Maybe if you have a Miami United business card or jersey on but beyond that i don't think anyone would really disagree with that charge so it gives everyone an opportunity to find their own level to let you know let the water rise or fall where it may and exist where they think they can have the most success and i, I think it's an interesting idea and it seems like based on the comments from sean flynn on twitter about it uh you know great news from our neighbors looking forward to working together under the right model you know, it seems that this is all part of that pro-rel push that Miami FC is helping to lead, and it seems that uh, that Miami United and these other teams are going to get on board. Yeah, and with United, they last year they brought in that uh, kind of Chilean owner, and he's got a you know some deep pockets, and it definitely legitimizes Miami United if you're playing in a you know U.S. wide league as opposed to you know, the Sunshine Conference in Florida where some of those teams or some of those, you know, fields you're playing on just kind of seem like a high school game or there are fully amateur teams inside the NPSL that you're playing against or under-23s. 
so it gives them a good chance, you know, if if they have the the capital to to basically then you know show people like, hey, we're capable of playing in X League. You know, you're gonna have to explain what the league is, but it definitely looks a lot better upon other people. You, you're gonna be fully pro. There's there's a lot more room to grow, so it's it's definitely a good step for them when they go up, if they go up. I guess nothing is is set in paper yet, but uh, they they definitely. I guess made the pledge. It's all it's all kind of confusing right now. <laughs> yeah, it does definitely seem like the league itself has structure. The league itself is announced itself and it's operating, but because it does have this government of team owners operating amongst themselves, that perhaps even the set in stone final rules may not actually be set in stone yet. And it seems like there are some teams that have to make some moves in order to meet certain accommodations or, 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 or hit certain benchmarks or whatever the case may be. But again, uh, uh, Miami United, when they did tweet about this, they said, I, I want to get their wording right here. Though we are not officially in, we truly hope within the league's plan, we, we truly hope we are within the league's plan and we can make it official before the end of the year. So it seems like, again, it's not, not all the T's have been crossed, not all the I's have been dotted, but the team itself is tweeting about it. The league is tweeting about it. It seems like it, it, if it's not a fait accompli, it's pretty close. Now, I say that knowing we are in Miami, and this is the home of Miami Beckham United. So anytime you think something is done, guess what? There are 15 more hurdles to jump over. But yeah. it does seem like it's about as close as you can be without it being completely, totally done. Yeah, and it definitely, not to not compare it to Miami Beckham United, where it's a pre-existing team with a stadium and everything, so... If it doesn't work out, they still have a, a plan B to go to. So it's not like they're going to disappear. Or it's a brand new team being launched. So right. um, do you want do you want to break the news on the uh, the official word you have from uh, the NISA? Oh, absolutely. So we have some beep 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 beep, beep breaking news. Exclusive, um, exclusive, exclusive, exclusive. <laughs> Um, we, we, we can actually credit Omar for this. Uh, Omar asked Peter Wilt and the NISA uh, if they could comment on the number of NPSL teams that would be looking to make a move into NISA. Again, we know of Miami United, uh, but uh, Omar, being the good journalist he is, wanted to kind of delve in and get some more information. So he asked, can we know there are other NPSL teams moving up? The official response of the league, quote, no, we can't, period, end quote. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's your breaking news. Right as of right now, the NISA is not commenting on if other NPSL teams are making the bump up. Yeah, I mean they're it's it's kind of hard to track. They keep tweeting out a bunch of stuff, but I imagine a decent amount of those teams will move up. Uh, yeah, I, I I think that they're gonna go shopping. I think the the the, the NISA is gonna go shopping and try to find if they can you know grab good teams out of the NPSL. Detroit, 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 Detroit. <laughs> yes, that's definitely, I mean, this has Detroit City written all over it, all over it. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we as we, we've known a little bit about um, them, uh, they're a little bit peculiar and particular about the way things work. And if it's not done the right way, according to Detroit City, it's fans, it's, it's collaborative ownership, it's not going to happen. But um, we'll see if maybe they make the move. Um, so, uh, the NASA, done, covered, dusted. Uh, let us move on and discuss the Open Cup. And you say, well, we just were knocked out of the Open Cup. Like, 
three weeks ago. Why are we talking about it again? Because it is qualifying time for the 2018 U.S. Open Cup, silly. That's right, the tournament that never sleeps. Yes, it gets started before it finishes. (laughs) The 2017 final is next month. The 2018 final has already announced its pairings and qualifying amateur teams. Uh, Drew, I'll leave this up to you. How about you tell us a little bit about it? Um, So, yeah, these... Pretty much, these are all kind of uh, local, um, uh, I forget the proper term for them, I think they're just called open play teams, basically unsanctioned by the USSF, uh, they're kind of all your, your backyard guys, but there there's a lot of action in Miami, so the, the first round of the qualifications are all taking place on either September 23rd or 24th in uh in Miami, uh, there's a lot of teams uh, you may have not heard of and I may have not heard of, <laughs> but uh, a couple interesting games are uh, on the 23rd. You got Boca Raton FC, and I believe that's their that's their qualification as an APSL team, so they have to use their, their amateur squad, um, but that's happening in, happening in Delray Beach. Um, our good friends, the Red Force, are playing yes. uh, FC Gringa. Over at uh, Perry University <laughs> that's in Miami. FC Ginga, not Gringa. That's a that's a whole different thing. No, no, no. I'm putting an R in it. Uh, <laughs> over at Perry University in Miami Shores. Um, let's see what else is sorry about that. Uh, Miami United's under twenty three team, also part of the APSL, is uh, playing against South Florida FC in Cooper City, and. Uh, there's a couple other uh, Kendall Soccer Park style teams that are yes, playing Miami each other. Miami Wolves but... FC versus Miami Nacional at Flamingo Park on Miami Beach. I will tell you, I think one of the great underutilized uh, stadiums in Miami-Dade County for anything is Flamingo Park Stadium. We, we Drew and I famously uh, yeah. would go there for the first season of Miami United. Uh, and I think it's great that they're in Hialeah now because Ted Hendricks is a great centrally located facility for a lot of fans but damn it's really cool to play on miami beach yeah and uh they had those weird sagging ble- they need to upgrade the side bleachers that's true, that's true. i remember i stood at one point and the, the wood sagged under my feet and then i looked over at the metal bleachers and i said yep i'm going with the rest of the crowd <laughs> yeah that that park has a lot of history you know there were a minor league baseball team played there, the miami flamingos for for many years a long time ago so there's actually like a legacy of professional sports at that particular park. Um, so, yeah, I encourage you, go out there on the 24th, 8 p.m., two teams you've probably never heard of. You can just root for good soccer and enjoy it. Um, and then, again, two lesser-known teams, Lou Blacks and then FC Kendall, who, who we have actually spoken about before on this podcast. Um, but Lou Blacks FC of, of Miami will play FC Kendall 8.30 at the old Tropical Park. Now, I do want to point out, like I said earlier, the Open Cup final is the 20th. The first round of qualifying for the 2018 Open Cup is the 23rd, so you have exactly two days without Open Cup in your life. Try to make it through it. Take the days off now. You know, make your plans. You know, speak to your family and let them know you're just going to kind of hunker down. Uh, and, you know, that, that Thursday and that Friday and then Saturday comes in, your soccer's back to save your life. Um, so, yeah, I think that'll be very interesting. You've got a whole range of games to watch a, a lot to take in and um it's amateur it's the lowest level man and all these teams have the same opportunity to make it you know christos fc who were you know the the 
the the ultimate Cinderella of this tournament. You know, not to take away from us or FC Cincinnati, but Cristos really kind of symbolized what this tournament was about. They wound up playing an MLS team, you know, and scoring yeah. a goal against them to open up. They're playing on the twenty fourth. <laughs> Yeah, They're that's the, the greatest teams. part of this. You'd think it's some, like, no-name teams, but probably the best lower division run in however many years. They're part of this uh, early qualification round, so don't yeah. sleep. If you're in or around Elkridge, Maryland on the 24th, you can watch them play Aegean Hawks at 1 p.m. at Troy Park, Field 4. I love that they have to indicate <laughs> it's Field 4. It's like, okay, you're going to see Field 1. Not there. Keep walking go to field four so yeah i mean that's this is you know we've talked about and, and we've used it kind of jokingly to just point out whenever any absurdity happened but the magic of the cup there is some magic in the cup it's this year-long tournament that one of these teams you know new york pan cyprian freedoms has as much a chance to win as some mls team they're all in the same tournament you know what i mean and so there's something there's something very fun about that but anyway um, so yeah, get, get, clear up your schedule on that weekend, the weekend of the 24th, and, and, and go out and see some soccer. Um, so, Open Cup, uh, done and dusted. I feel like we're moving very efficiently. I think Omar slows this whole thing down. Yeah, man, um, he's all professional with his analysis and statistics. Where Yeah, we're just, we're just like, like, hey man, this is happening. Hey, cool, check it out, it's fun. It's fun good. times. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, is there anything else locally to really discuss, Drew? Um... I don't know. Uh, you have women's soccer is crushing it. Um, yes, Miami Hurricanes. They won the Battle of Miami. They beat the Red Hawks of Miami of Ohio. Ladies got a win on the road. Uh, they seem to be moving right along. Uh, we were talking about FIU men's soccer in the Dave Brigade chat earlier. I think uh, our, our good listener, Michael Fuentes, is excited about that, um, as well as some other FIU fans, obviously. Um, mm. Yeah, there's a lot on the docket. Uh, we're going to we're gonna try to start a feature... I say this now, and I'm saying this so I get held to it. Um, to try to post on magiccity.soccer. Again, if you don't know that we have a website, we have a website. It's magiccity.soccer. Um, and we post game recaps, previews, all kinds of good stuff there. And we also post a podcast there. Um, but I'm going to try to do kind of a like week in week ahead, like games where you can go see what in Miami-Dade County, uh, with a focus obviously on the county. Um but, yeah, so if we detail, like, all the professional and amateur and college-level soccer that you could see, we'd be here for another hour. So um, hopefully keep your eyes peeled maybe tomorrow evening. Or, or actually, maybe I'll do it Monday morning of next week and try to uh, gather all that information together. Um, but, yeah, there, there's a lot going on. And, and uh, you know, take some time and go out and support it. Um, I do want to mention, in you know, Omar's not here, but in the spirit of Omar, I do want to talk a oh, little bit about... Man. I know I'm not. I'm not gonna pile on. I'm not gonna like. I'm really not. You don't have to say anything, but I do want to recap it. Uh, transfer deadline day is done for uh, England. Um, I, I've been made aware that I believe that this La Liga has an extra day that it ends on September first for them. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. I I probably should be a little bit more informed. But as we've mentioned, I'm I'm a Premier League head. I know the most there. Um, Manchester United got most of their business out of the way early in this uh, summer, which is good for them, I guess. Or, you know, they can go through themselves as far as I'm concerned. Um, not a lot of drama in terms of, like, huge signings on the last day. The biggest drama probably involved Ross Barkley, um, who was at in London getting a medical with Chelsea, was in the middle of it and decided, yeah, you know what, I'm just going to head on back home 
and go keep on playing with Everton, which is fascinating to me to just like get that far down the road and then to just decide, nah, pass. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, Liverpool made a couple of signings, including one uh, pending for Naby Keita, who will be coming into the squad next year. A lot of people excited about that. Did not sign Virgil van Dijk, did not sign a center back, um, which is kind of a concern considering we typically leak goals uh, like a leaky dam. Um, but we're going to score a hell of a lot of goals this year. That seems to be our strategy, which is okay. It, it worked all right last year, and we've got even more talent in this year. And uh, Drew, it just wasn't a good transfer deadline for Arsenal. We've all been there. Liverpool had kind of an abysmal one last year, or so we thought. Uh, you we never... got nine million dollars for Karen Gibbs. Yeah, I mean that you got that going for you, which is nice. <laughs> um, I mean, you almost had a couple good deals there, which again, I feel like as a Liverpool fan, I really can commiserate and be like, "Yeah, I've I've been there where you think you have the perfect signings, and then everything just kind of falls apart, and you get left." stuck at the altar yeah <laughs> not to quote arsenal fan tv too hard but pretty much everybody's saying like who wants to play at arsenal right now <laughs> like yeah we're, we're not mean, an attractive club to come to uh at this point <laughs> it's it's really you know I, i've said before i have no truck with arsenal really i like arsenal i like i've liked arsenal Wenger's style over the years um i feel like Arsenal gets Liverpool's goat every now and then, and we get Arsenal's goat. Like it's a pretty, to me, it's a pretty even matchup of teams. Uh, and so I, I don't have the like the animosity as I did towards a Chelsea when Jose Mourinho was there, as I do towards a Manchester United. So it's kind of a, a bit of a bummer to see Arsenal in this kind of wobbly, purgatory position. Um, but you know, all it takes is one signing, and there is class there, there is skill there. Um, but it's it's all about getting them motivated the right way. That that might be challenging, especially when you see, you know, trying to bring in a Thomas Lamar, trying to make the big splash signing and not being able to pull it off. You know, that's that's been the difficulty with Liverpool for the last uh, decade. You know, basically since the towards the end of the Benitez reign, where you know you you have talent but you can't pull the trigger on the big one, the big fish, and you're just kind of stuck with this perception that you're never going to do it. And I, I do think in this offseason, Liverpool did did get a couple of big names. You know, the Cata signing from uh, Red Bull, um, the the signing of uh, Salah, who I think is going to be, uh, I think we're going to look back and see that as a tremendous signing. Um, already, I think we're starting to see the talent he has. So I, it's one of those things yes. where, yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> again, I feel apologetic, but I, you have... I've been I've been here so long in this place where you're almost good enough, but not really. I I I, I do sympathize, and so please, uh, please understand I'm here with you. I I empathize. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just it, you're you're in this place where it's just you can't get over the hump, and and hopefully, at least for my selfish interest, maybe Liverpool is starting to get there where players are looking at it, and if we can stay in the Champions League, where it's not just the place where you go before you go to Barcelona. I mean, again, we saw that we saw that tension too with Philippe Coutinho. So who even knows? But um, I am so glad that this is done. I am so glad that the window is closed. I hate the window. I can't stand it. Like I would love to be a, a, a journalist in in Europe reporting on soccer because you can just make up whatever the hell you want and it doesn't oh, really yeah. matter. Like yeah. it's completely insane. There is no like. Punishment all, or all you have to say are your sources say, and yeah. you're, you can write anything. 
sources close to the club or you yeah. know there there are medics uh, awaiting to fly to x city to 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 do a medical if necessary like it's just it's it's ridiculous Guillaume Balage all these people who we, we know them and they we follow them on Twitter for some reason even though they're right about 20% of the time I hate it I absolutely hate it it is 10 times of what like signing day is in college sports in America and at least with signing day like that's kind of the reward for those kids because they don't get paid like all this money is being pushed around and there's just all this lying and subterfuge and oh, so many times it's the agent's fault it's the team's fault it's the player's fault it's just shitty that's the only way to describe it it's just really <laughs> shitty and now we can actually go back and focus on watching the game for a couple months until the new year comes around and then we're all back at it again oh yeah yeah so anywho that's that um we're on the international break. Uh, speaking of Thomas Lamar, the the the, the young the ingenue, to to borrow the French term that was uh, that that both Arsenal and Liverpool had their eye on, um, he scored a hell of a goal uh, earlier. Uh, really good job by him. Um, again, that'll tack on a couple million dollars to his signing fee, maybe yeah. uh, by the by the by the end of his time um, at uh, Monaco. Um, Philippe Coutinho uh, got some wonderful treatment in Brazil. His back appears to be in wonderful shape playing for Brazil, I believe, tonight. Um, so, yeah, anyway, uh, that's all I got in terms of Europe. And that's all I got in terms of the podcast. Drew, you got anything to add? Uh, vamos Paraguay. <laughs> vamos Paraguay, big 3-0 win. Mario out celebrating among the Paraguayan faithful around the Drink, world tonight. Drinking that terere. Yes, have a big old gulp. Um, refreshing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I guess we'll sign off. Um, thanks, as always, for joining us. Please do remember on Saturday, uh, Schools for Salome. Uh, not Salome. Schools for Salome. <laughs> we both butchered that one. Schools for Salome. Uh, need your help at the, D, the Day Brigade tailgate, and you can do some good and do well doing some good. Make off with some nice little prizes. You can come out and help out the cause. Uh, the American Red Cross will be collecting at the game, so bring some extra change. Grab it out of your car, look under your sofa cushions, and throw it in the old bucket. Um, and, yeah, we'll see you out there on Saturday. Drew, nice to be talking with you, pal. Heck, yeah. I guess uh, this podcast convinced me my next jersey will not be the Arsenal pink. <laughs> but I will. I got my eye on the uh, FC Miami City one. Yes, that's that's a nice one. Um by the way, do not uh, do an image search of Gunnar Soros on Twitter right now because there is a uh, really funny but really sad image going about. I saw it already. <laughs> I'm sorry. I tried to shield your eyes. Uh, if you're not an Arsenal fan, look it up. Look up Gunnar Soros. If you are an Arsenal fan, again, you're in our thoughts and prayers. Um, you know, Bring a couple bucks for an Arsenal fan, too, while you're out there on Saturday. They need your help. Going through a tough time. Um, so he's Drew Hausman at It's Hausman, LOL, on Twitter. I'm uh, Matthew Bunch at Matthew S. Bunch on Twitter. We're at Magic City Soccer on Twitter. You can visit our website, magiccity.soccer. Follow us on SoundCloud. Leave us a review on iTunes. Do all those modern, newfangled things that people do when it comes to their social media engagements. Until next time, go Miami FC and go Miami Soccer. Dale, bro.